That was fun. That was never our problem. I'll take it. Remembered fondly for something. Nothing. Not even an eye roll. You've changed. Lost your sense of humor. No, I haven't. I left it on a dresser in the kingdom, and then it burned down. Well, if it makes you feel any better, I left my pride sitting up there, too. I always hated that stupid dresser anyway. Hey Zed Heads, welcome to our podcast. I am Jason. This is the Walking Dead Cast, episode 388. Lucy is out for the next couple of weeks. I think she has an improv thing, which I'd love to be at. Let's see if she has a recording of that. Anyways, uh, I'm lucky enough to have my friend Derek sitting in. He's host of TV Podcast Industries Network and former Walking Dead Cast comic talker. So welcome to the show, Derek. Ah, thank you so much, Jason. Delighted to be back. Yeah, it's been, you've only been on once before, and that was with Lucy, just on the main part of the show, right? That's right. That was a year ago. That was for the um, (laughs) the penultimate episode of uh, season nine. Time flies. It's been, yeah, it's been a long time coming just to have you and me on. I've been looking forward to it. How have you been liking Walking Dead this season then? Oh, it's been so good. Yeah. My God, the the pacing of the show is just so well done this season. I've been really, really enjoying it. Me too. Yeah. You know what's breaking my heart is... All these people are are falling off, like mm. Karen and Mr. Blog and even Melissa told me uh-huh. she's not caught up. She intends on getting caught up, but she's not. And I'm like, oh, you're missing a really good season. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm, I, you know, I'm actually kind of wondering whether this uh, whether this coronavirus, the real the real world version of the zombie apocalypse that's happening, will turn even more people off. Do they want to see it on the news oh, and on yeah. TV? <laughs> yeah, you might be right about that. <laughs> but the good thing is, you know, doing a podcast about it, the good thing is if everybody's stuck indoors and can't find anything to do, they might as well listen to a podcast about The Walking Dead, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, when you <laughs> started saying that, I was like, maybe more people will be home, but yeah, maybe they'll want to look at more non-pandemic related stuff. Who knows? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, everybody hearing my voice, you guys are still part of the loyal crew who's watching the show and enjoying it and understanding how what other people are missing out on so glad to have Mm -hmm. you here uh i would like to mention this episode is made possible by patreon supporters like ian pettit who've pledged their support at patreon.com slash jason and karen so thank you ian i can still yeah that patreon is still jason and karen even though karen's not on much because we have the jason karen show and it's a patreon Mm -hmm. exclusive and uh we covered uh what did we cover last time Uh, parasite Parasite, which was incredible. And we just now decided that this next episode we're going to be talking about Better Call Saul, which I'm loving. 
Oh, very good. Yeah. Very good. This is my, my claim to shame, as I've talked to you about before, Jason, is that uh, I got four episodes into Breaking Bad, and uh, I've never watched anything after that. That's it. That's terrible, <laughs> you, isn't it? Well, you know, I mean, you're either in or you're not, and I, I've <laughs> definitely met a few people like that who just weren't into it, and I mm -hmm. really do think that you can actually tell by the very first episode of that show whether really? it's going to be your kind of show or not. See, it was one of those shows, like like with Sopranos, I was always told, you know, you watch two or three seasons, and then you'll definitely love it. And I'm kind of going, that sounds a little bit like Stockholm Syndrome to me. No, yeah, no, <laughs> I don't agree with that. I think with Breaking Bad, you can tell, because that first mm -hmm. episode has just all the fucked upness of that whole show. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, let's get into The Walking Dead. Attention shoppers, Deadcast Top 5 in 5, 4, 3... All right, it's our Deadcast Top 5 this week. It's our Top 5 Highlights for Walking Dead Season 10, Episode 11, Morningstar. What do you think in general? Um, I, re I really like this episode. There's a lot, of, uh, a lot of good character stuff going on in this episode. And mm -hmm. it pulled the rug out for me a little bit because I wasn't watching how long the episode was. And I just thought it was going to end before the war like they have done many times in Walking Dead before. And to get a nice, good battle, good medieval-like battle towards mm -hmm. the end of the episode was really good. Me too. I really liked that last part. I, you know, mm -hmm. I liked the episode. <clears throat> I heard from a few people that it was great. I just happened to see. And so my expectations were pretty high and right. that's rarely a good way for me to go into an episode. And mm -hmm. so I, you know, I liked it, but I thought it was a bit, I was like waiting when, when is it going to be really great? When, what is so right. great about it? And so it felt a bit soap opera-ish to me with all mm -hmm. these people talking about their feelings. But then I guess if you think it could be your last day on the planet, then you might be more open to talking things out with people. And I think that was kind of the point, but still, exactly. I was still a little bit like, when are we going to get to the good stuff the, the whole time? <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I liked it a little bit Did you get to watch the it a second time? time? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I, got, yeah. I, was, I was trying to think that, yeah. It, <laughs> do, it does feel like, um, yeah, you're kind of preparing for something big happening. And then once it gets past the half hour mark and you think this is going to be the big whisper of war and you're kind of going, oh, they're going to save it till the next episode, you know? But yeah. I'm glad they didn't. <laughs> no, but I, I agree with you. I thought the last part, the last five or ten minutes was phenomenal. So mm -hmm. let's get into it. What's your number five? My number five is going to be a character, uh, a character point, uh, Carol in a spiral. Um, I think we've kind of been very used to Carol being the uh, being the badass Carol for so many years now that you kind of forget how much she's gone through. And I think taking a little moment before something big happens and someone disappears was really important. Um, you know, like she starts off the episode that she's been in hiding. Everybody else has returned back to uh, to Hilltop and she's off on her own uh, hiding out in, uh, in Daryl's place. But uh the moment with Ezekiel coming down and just sitting down beside her and saying, I'm going to just stay here and we can, you know, we can just stare off into the distance if that's what you want to do. I think it was really useful to kind of have that, you know, they don't have psychologists, which is what Carol probably really needs uh, after the zombie apocalypse and after everything that's happened mm -hmm. to her. So just having some friends around, just kind of taking the time with her, I just thought it was really important to have. You know, we get a little bit of a, a little bit of sexy time between the two of them um, <laughs> after they kind of rekindle their relationship. I thought it was interesting that she came into the room with Ezekiel when she went back to Hilltop and, and saw him looking at Henry's stuff. And then they kind of get together. But, you know, you a lot of other shows probably would take that as a sign that they get back together. That's them making up and, and they're back together. But they're very good on this show to have um, Carol step back and go. That was never the problem with us as a relationship. Yeah, uh, this this was 
uh, much more about about what was going on between us as a couple not not to do with the sex so um so i think it was it was good to have them have that moment and kind of talk it out because this looks like inevitably some major character is going to go over the next couple of episodes and i think this is a kind of a a starting point where some characters mm-hmm. are getting their moment to say goodbye i mean the only the only wondering i have about that is that this season it feels like they're deliberately trying to fool us into thinking that they're going to mm-hmm. kill people all the time yeah. So this could be like the grand finale of that, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. I think you're right. I think it, it does feel like we're going to lose at least one or two or more. But um, yeah. I think that's actually been kind of great this season. Like they made us think Luke was going to die and feels mm-hmm. like they've done it with a couple of the characters. But you're probably right. <laughs> yeah, I, I ju- it just feels like, you know, they, they are saying good, having these moments with characters. You know, I think it's it's something that's really important when they're trying to build a show without Rick at the center of it, you know, to have some moments with some of the other major characters and i think it's important to take a moment to let carol breathe and take in what she's done and take in other people's feelings about her you know we we um have that conversation with lydia as well which i think was one of the one of my favorite moments in the episode actually um with the two of them again talking over the fact that henry's gone and that uh, that there's a, a blame obviously on alpha for everything that she's done and and that Lydia's impacted by that uh, because everybody's blaming her for what happened to their loved ones as well. So um, I, th- I thought there was a really good, uh, I suppose, a really good scene between the two of them as well. Yeah. Um, I like when Carol said, you should hate me. And she said, mm-hmm. it's hard when you seem to hate yourself so much. Yeah. And yeah. I, I like that. I mean, I guess it's not that hard to look at Carol and see that maybe, but it just made me think Lydia is particularly insightful, which I thought was really yeah. interesting. Absolutely, yeah. I think I think a person that's gone through as much as she has as well. She's she's always a watcher. Uh, yeah. a, a lot of the time, it, but not by choice. Uh, as she as she discusses there, that everybody is treating her like that. Everybody is 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 saying it's awful that your mother's a monster, and then just leaving her alone, as as she says. Yeah, so, they connected on yeah. that. They both yeah. have these things that make people not too comfortable around them. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but I it's think interesting over, what you just said. Lydia's a watcher because she's had to deal with Alpha, and. Mm-hmm. When you're on the sort of submissive side of a codependent relationship like that, you have to learn to be on your toes and see where the person's coming from and read underneath and all of that. Absolutely. And it, that's an interesting dynamic with Carol because she's always wanting to present this mask and make people think about her, whatever she wants him to think, you know, present this false image. Like she said to Ezekiel, never bull- a bullshit a bullshitter. But mm-hmm. Lydia can see past that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, th- I, like I think that. that's a good dynamic to have. You know, I think we, you'd always kind of expected that the two of them would kind of become closer after losing Henry. Um, but Lydia was pushed away, obviously, because uh, because of the connection to Alpha. So uh, yeah. nice to see a little bit of, of, of uh, mending of their relationship as well. Yeah, I mean, I, she's mad that Carol took her out there, right, to show uh, mm-hmm. Gamma, I guess, yeah. that Lydia was still alive. Yeah. and Which I always thought was a little bit extreme for her to be that mad but anyway yeah yeah you mentioned therapy like i think it would be interesting actually to see a character who used to be a therapist Hmm. i bet you they would get a lot of business in the apocalypse (laughs) (laughs) absolutely absolutely but they'd need their own therapist within about a week (laughs) (laughs) i know um okay that's great oh yeah and and as far as ezekiel and carol i liked that he went to her it just shows that he's been keeping his respectful distance this whole time Mm -hmm. but um things are pretty extreme he heard what happened with 
Carol and he decides, no, I think she might need someone. Everybody else hates her right now. So I'm going to go. And then he even pushes past her defenses, which was really sweet. And then I liked that. I mean, she sees that, hey, maybe we're all about to die. Plus, she finds out that Ezekiel has cancer. So I think mm-hmm. that's enough to just oh, forget about all this stuff that I was doing before to keep my distance. Let's ju- I mean, it totally reminds me of a certain episode of Game of Thrones. This whole episode does, mm-hmm. right? Were you thinking about absolutely. that? Yes, I absolutely was. Yeah. yeah. The day the day before a big battle, everybody mm-hmm. hooks up, basically. So. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> or has all these reckonings. And for Carol, yeah, you're right. I mean, she's we've seen her before, uh, She like with uh, Tobin. She, she mm-hmm. kind of would be, you know, okay, hooking up, but it not necessarily meaning anything. But with Ezekiel, it goes deeper because they have had this past, and it was just yeah. really sweet. And I liked their um, interaction, and even it was um, like Ezekiel says, that was fun, and Carol's like, that was never our problem, and he goes, I'll mm-hmm. take it. Remembered fondly for something. (laughs) And then he says, you've lost your sense of humor. And she goes, no, I haven't. I left it on a dresser in the kingdom and then it burned down, which was cute Mm -hmm. and funny. And I liked seeing them, you know, back together. But yeah, I think you're right that it doesn't necessarily mean anything. In fact, I I wouldn't be surprised if um, we don't see much more of Ezekiel after next week, but we'll see. (laughs) Yeah, I think I think um, I think the fact that they've been very clear about the cancer being quite aggressive uh, is is a sign that, you know, even if he stays in the show and doesn't get killed by zombies, this is on its way. Yeah, you know, it's in the don't post. get too attached. Um, don't get too attached. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, one one final thing, I suppose, on uh, on Carol's journey in the episode, I suppose, is, is her standing in Maggie's office in front of the uh, the family portraits of of all the people that Maggie had lost. Yeah. Um, you know, I think I think it's just an interesting kind of. Uh, parallel to the stu- to the conversation she was having with Lydia, where uh, where she's talking about the fact that she used to have a life, she used to have a family, um, and that's why she's standing in front of the the uh, the re family portraits or the uh, Maggie's family's portraits, um, and it has that moment where she just kind of something flips in her brain uh, after so many people have been lost, and uh, I think this is her point where she just wants to mend everything, mend all the relationships before she goes back into battle again. You know, so, mm, yeah, um, just. Sort of as a an acknowledgement of how important these relationships are, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah that kind of thing. Like a, you know, at, the, at that present moment, I suppose, or just before she went into the the portrait room, <laughs> she it, it looked like she had nobody, um, nobody serious that's caring about her anymore. So I wonder if she's trying to mm. mend back up that relationship <laughs> with Daryl because you know maybe somebody can be left behind to think about her after she goes, if that's what happens. Yeah, yeah I mean, you didn't really meant. Wait, did you mention the D- Daryl one? Uh, no, I didn't actually. That, that Daryl was the uh, yeah. Was the next conversation was that was the final conversation. Yeah, because yeah. she says, "Please don't hate me," and he goes, mm-hmm. "I'm never going to hate you." Never but then you. he just walks away, and mm-hmm. she really looks like she needs a hug. And yeah. to me, that was like, "I'm never going to hate you," but I just can't. I just can't with you right now. <laughs> and right, <laughs> maybe I can't trust. You know, he can't trust her. Yeah, yeah. It, it, you know, it's it's never hate. I think that's the thing. It's it's yeah. a just a, you know, I'm just disappointed. You, right. You've said that phrase a few times. I'm sure to your kids already, Jason. You know. <laughs> yeah, maybe a couple. <laughs> I mean, I think this goes deeper though. I think he's she's really broken his trust multiple times to yeah. the point where right now maybe he's questioning whether he can still be around her. But I think he knows that he will always have a love for her. Absolutely. And I'm yeah. sure they'll yeah. make up. They'll be yeah, fine. I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will. <laughs> Uh, that's kind of it for my uh, my first point. Okay. What's yours, Jason? Cool. Um, 
I'll say war weariness, which sort of ties into them looking or Carol looking at all those pictures. Uh, mm -hmm. She especially focused in on on Glenn. Yeah. And then right after that, we see Daryl looking out at the graves and Glenn is one of those. But I don't think mm -hmm. it's just about Glenn. I think it's just about an acknowledgement that, hey, we've had these kinds of encounters before and we've suffered from it. And mm -hmm. there's a there's a war weariness. And even to me, there's the episode feels a bit repetitive because we're hunkering down for a big fight. And we've seen mm -hmm. that a lot on the walking dead and, and we've seen it with the governor a couple of times and with the saviors and even with zombie hordes here and there. Yeah. But that's just what this show is. And, and yeah. I think the show is even acknowledging that it's repetitive by showing that these people have suffered these losses and acknowledging that. And then, um, it's also sort of a forebodingness, like, ooh, can we expect more of that to come tonight? Mm -hmm. And also, I do, though, think it was interesting to focus in on Glenn because the time that we lost Glenn was with, of course, Negan. And it mm -hmm. was after they had been stymied by those roadblocks before. And now we see yep. those again. And so I feel like they're kind of trying to bring back that whole feeling of what happened back then and yeah. make us fear what might happen now. And there was an article I read that talked about how this whole thing is maybe a do over for Daryl. As soon as he sees that first roadblock, he's like, no, I'm not even going to bother. We're going to go back, hunker down and take care of business. And the article suggested maybe it's a do over for the show because a lot of viewers left after that season seven premiere when Glenn and Abraham died and yes, yeah. I don't know about that. I just thought it was an interesting thing to think about. Yeah, it's an, it's an interesting idea, isn't it? Because you're wondering whether that's the right tack to take, because does that bring people back to the show or does that turn off all the people that stayed with the show? Right. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I mean? Um, if they if feel you, like they yeah. can confidently do something different this time that will mm -hmm. make everyone happy, then maybe yeah. it's worthwhile. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I think Angela think Kang back then was like, we should do it this way. And Scott Gimble was like, no, no, we're going to have... Negan bashed their heads in and Angela's like, mm -hmm. no, no, no. So now it's that's a chance. terrible idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think, you know, in, in, in the show, I suppose the idea that the roadblocks are out there um, and that's kind of something in my, in my number two, really is just the merging of the tactics between Negan and, uh, and the whispers. Um, the, the fact that there are roadblocks out there and it's, and it's uh, Daryl that finds them, you know, he instantly knows what, what's coming. Um, and if, if the re real Negan is back again and he's out on the loose and he's going to do what he did last time and de decimate and devastate the entire group, um, Daryl is really clear about that. Um, and if, if he's if Carol's been made aware of exactly what's out there as well, she's very clear what comes next. You know, so um, so I think I I I do think in the show it, it's kind of a it's a bigger warning than it would have been the previous time because this is the second time we don't want to make the same mistakes again. It's kind of the way it's uh, yeah the way it's being seen you know yeah so what do you got for your next one number four yeah that, that's uh that's my number four is uh the merging of the tactics Negan, yeah. Negan recommending that alpha uses his tactics to make hilltop follow her um what an interesting idea <laughs> you know he's he's kind of uh it, it it's this idea of you know if you read comic books having the team up of of two super villains together um, and in this show yeah. you know it, it goes season They're by just season fucked. 
Exactly. That's it. You're absolutely wrecked. You know, um, you've got you've got two supervillains who've had their own seasons um, <laughs> tormenting this group, and now the two of them merging together and taking the best of their tactics to right. mess with this group. You know, it's, I think it's it's one of those moments when I went, oh no, this is going to go so badly. <laughs> who's going to who's going to get out of this situation? Because nobody survived in a way last time. You know, the the big criticism, I suppose, is. Um, while we only lost two people, there was a whole season of an entire community under the cosh of Negan. And if they have that and they also have a horde bearing down on them, you know, that it's going to, is it going to be just as bad again? You know, are they, yeah. is everything going to go as bad again? And what can the group do? Like, it, I think it was, I think it was fantastic seeing Daryl instantly go, we can't get out of here. What do we do? We need to hunker down in here and, and get behind the walls of, of, uh, of uh, Hilltop and make a stand, you know, um, because, everybody always wonders what different leaders what decisions different leaders would have made at the time when there's a different villain there so it seems like this would have been daryl's idea is to lock up inside the place and uh deal with it like a medieval siege mm -hmm. basically so uh so i think this merging of the two taxes tactics was really interesting that was just my uh my fourth point yeah uh, well let, uh, let me talk about negan a little bit then because mm -hmm. i keep waiting for Negan to show his hand and do something mm -hmm. to stop Alpha. Uh, but yeah. this episode kind of made me have my doubts. Um, okay. But I think that's where the show wants me to be, although I'm not mm -hmm. sure. So I <laughs> I kind of like not being sure. But I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm sort of like, well, you know, if you're going to do something, if you infiltrated the group and you're going to do something to stop them, you're kind of running out of time because our heroes are about to die. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> you were right outside the walls. Yeah. yeah. So, but, uh, so Alpha and Negan, uh, they're whipping each other at the beginning of this episode. Mm -hmm. I think that's to show that he's getting in deeper with her. He says, does this mean we're bonded for life? Yeah. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> and I get it. We're that crazy whisperer shit. Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> and, uh, he's, I don't think he took off his leather jacket. So it's kind of a wuss. Yeah. <laughs> hers was on skin i like that that's really smart <laughs> uh then uh you know he tries to talk alpha out of massacring our people and instead getting them to surrender and bend a knee and join the whispers which we know that's his mo mm -hmm. and so i i'm thinking okay is that his way of trying to save lives even though it's still pretty shitty yeah you know to like who wants to join the whispers like yeah. i think that's um that's why i don't believe that like would negan really want to live like that i don't mm. think so you know yeah he's not bought into the whole cult thing and so that's why i feel like either he's still got some kind of an ace up his sleeve or mm -hmm. i feel like the writing is off <laughs> well i i think my compliments to angela kang all season i can't i i, I have to think there's a plan in in this uh, somewhere i can't think that negan would want this you know he knows how good they have it in hilltop um and i i, I don't think he's turned on them i, I just can't see that in yeah. what we've been presented with you know regardless of what we know from the comic books what we know from the tv show is that he he genuinely was willing to work with that with that place and willing to stay there um he has a lot of love for judith the idea that he would allow the whispers to come in and take over that community you know that there's right. definitely an ulterior motive in there there's definitely another plan but he's really he running out of time he is definitely <laughs> so so <laughs> we'll see um when yeah. he realized that alpha was going to kill them he said you know i thought you wanted them to join us and she said they will as part of my horde and he said yeah. holy shit and smiled and said you're a mm -hmm. badass and you know 
I'm like, wow, it really seems like he's helping her out and he's all on board. But then I, watching it a second time when she said to him, you joke to hide your fear. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought, oh, that's interesting. I wonder how true that is, because to me, it seems like he's usually joking because he's a genuinely sadistic person who gets a <laughs> kick out of it. But uh, yeah. maybe they brought that up in this episode because this time he was jo- he was hiding his fear, you know, in yeah. that moment, I think. I think he's he's very good at telling someone what they want to hear at this stage. He's he is a survivor. He's always kind of said that he got into that situation where he was the leader of the group by by doing everything he thought he needed to do to survive to make their group survive. And now he's on his own, looking for another alliance uh, to mm-hmm. keep himself alive. And uh, he's going to tell her whatever she needs to hear to keep him alive. You know, um, she's certainly crazier than he ever was in some ways. Um, so if, yeah. if you think about some of the punishments probably. he's done in the past, probably it's it, in a way it's justifiable, but excessive. Yeah. Whereas some of her punishments are just excessive with yeah. no justification. So he knows if he's gotten this close to her and then turns on her without having a backup plan or without having something in his back pocket, um, it could go very badly for him. That's the last thing he wants. Yeah. So. Do you think there's any chance at all that he's just like, well, I burned all my bridges with... <laughs> Hilltop and Alexandria, so whispers are the best I've got. I would more expect him to get on a motorbike and go to another another uh, county if that was the yeah that was the case. I think he'd run far far away out there. Yeah, maybe she's really good in bed. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> or really good uh, on a on a uh, on a grass knoll, um, <laughs> right? Some socks on, yeah. <laughs> okay, not beds anymore. What's your uh, number three? Um, another character moment for me because we don't. We don't really get to see this character very often, Alden. Um, yeah, and I suppose just just seeing seeing him still dealing with the grief of Enid, of losing Enid. No, um, can't even say her name. Exactly, exactly. I thought it was interesting that they made that decision to mm-hmm. to have him say, you know, after every everything that's gone on and everybody that they've lost, and not not be able to bring up Enid's name, and and having him be the blocker from Mary seeing her her nephew uh, Adam. We hear her here is the nephew's name in this episode. I think um, that yeah. that it, it's no longer her nephew. This is Earl's child now. He's done. He's gone through a lot. We've all gone through a lot, and and we can't have Mary coming in and, and ruining everything that we've tried to build up. Um, I just think it's an interesting, uh, another interesting side of of what happens uh, with this group because of everything that's gone on with Alpha. You know, we uh, as I mentioned earlier on with uh, with Lydia feeling the the pain of everything that's been done to her and now mary is another person in that situation you know it's it's just another kind of underlining of is are any of the whispers ever going to be able to be turned into members of these communities mm-hmm. um because they've they've now had two people that have come into their society and nobody's brought nobody's really brought them in uh they just kind of sit there without their masks on after having their showers and that's kind of as far mm-hmm. as they go so um so I, ju- I just thought it was interesting seeing the anger still present because uh, it should be it should be really really present there should be this yeah. um this kind of feeling within this group of how much was taken away from them so uh, so seeing it through alden a character that we just don't see on screen very often he's kind of a, a third or fourth tier character uh, who gets a couple of lines occasionally but i thought it was a, a really good moment for him it felt. It feels like he is one of the top leaders in Hilltop now, though. The way mm-hmm. he talked with Earl, like I'll take care of this, which is interesting. I mean, there's yeah. nobody left, hardly. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly, exactly. That's that's one of the big issues, I suppose, with the TV show now. That that there are so many characters and there's so many uh, 
people on the way out and on the way back in. We won't talk about exactly who they are again, but uh, but there's you're, you're trying to work out who they're pinning the show on at times because so yeah. often in, in the first eight seasons it was just pinned on Rick. Uh, yep. So often that now you see a character on an episode like this with Alden, you may not see him again for four or five episodes. So does that make him a major character right. or does that make but him a minor character? <laughs> what the show does really well, in my opinion, is just make you care about the characters. And there mm-hmm. are so many, but there are a lot that I do care about, which is a, a great feeling. Like yeah. I was um, hearing a critique. I, you know, I stopped watching the X-Men movies. I haven't even seen the last two, but one right. of the, I watched one of the, um, reviews on mm-hmm. youtube and they were saying well, who am i supposed to care about now no i don't know if that's <laughs> true about yeah. those movies because i haven't seen them but i know for walking dead even though rick's gone and there are a lot of characters i still care about a lot of them which is great yeah i, I totally agree you know you also get to that thing you know there's that question over killing major characters again in the show you know who's going to die in the next major episode because there are so many people that you do care about and it, and it does matter when, when one of those characters yeah. goes and, and you're right. There are, there are so many, uh, there's probably 15 major characters that if they go, it will be a big loss to the show. Mm-hmm. And they had that moment last, last season where they did lose some like three or four major characters went up on, up on spikes or up on pikes. And yeah, the, and after that, there are still people going, but you didn't lose any major characters. You only lost some peripheral characters. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I I've I've always I've always said, and I, I was on that episode. That's why I, why I particularly reminded oh, yeah. me of it. But uh, but I uh, but but I certainly thought that there were three major characters that were that were yeah. lost there, and their impact still being felt on the show today. And that's what The Walking Dead needs to continue to do. If mm-hmm. if you're going to have the eternal threat of anybody can die, make sure that when somebody goes, their their loss means something. So. Um, so having some moments like this with, with some of the characters is, is important, I think. I mean, every morning I wake up sad thinking about Henry, so, mm. you know. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> no. what, what would he be doing now? <laughs> <laughs> no, but watching this episode, I was really missing Enid, just seeing mm-hmm. Alden, you know. I'm like, oh, yeah. I miss her on the show. She was yeah. She was great. So And Henry, too. Um, but uh, mm-hmm. as far as Alden goes and Earl, too, I mean, I think it's been great watching Mary's story over, over the last few episodes. And, you Mm -hmm. know, I, I pretty much, I trust her a lot, not fully, but a lot, but still from Earl's point of view and Alden's point of view, I totally agree with them. Like the freaking whispers left a baby in a field to be eaten by walkers. They don't deserve to come in and see the baby. And, and also Mary is so like, she seems, um, really keyed up about it and it kind of makes me wonder why why does she want to see him that, that much i mean i think it's probably mm. just because it's her nephew and she feels bad about what she did but um, yeah. even i have a little bit of doubt like is she going to try to steal him or something but uh <laughs> I, like, I love my nephews and all but i, I wouldn't want wouldn't want to fight through all that for just to see my nephews yeah <laughs> yeah but even no. if she's completely on the up and up i mean she's going to have to earn their trust and i totally mm-hmm. don't blame earl and alden for saying no 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 not can't do that yeah, I, I know what you mean. And, and I wonder, you know, Mary obviously hasn't had very much experience of this. She said she's made terrible decisions in the past. You know, yeah. she's she's certainly not someone that's taking it slowly. Um, she's definitely not gone through something like this before. So I, maybe if she'd taken a few more baby steps with them um, to earn their trust rather than rushing in the door after being told not to do it. Yeah. Uh, probably not a good that choice. Was dumb. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, is it is it my turn? <laughs> That's it. Yes, right. Suit. Number three. Yeah. So I had uh, reckonings because this episode is everybody getting ready for a fight where they might die, and so they're all sort of more open to to expressing themselves to the people that they care about. And mm-hmm. we've talked about Carol and Ezekiel, Carol and Daryl, Carol and Lydia. There was also the moment between Ezekiel and Daryl where mm-hmm. they, yeah. Daryl acknowledges that Ezekiel has been through a lot and is a strong person. And that was um, kind of interesting because they're, they've both been close with Carol and kind of not sure about each other because mm-hmm. of that. Maybe some jealousy, maybe some protecting going on there, but this is yeah. where they got to connect. And, and, you know, even though I thought all these reckoning moments were a bit soap opera E, there was also a side of me that enjoyed them. And I thought it was pretty cool of them to, give each other props kind of absolutely yeah i must i must say i got a little bit emotional watching that scene i don't i I, it's something about those two characters being two favorite characters of the fans um who haven't had a relationship in the past you know we've always kind of joked about you know he's the best friend of of your wife and he'll beat the crap out of you if you do anything break her heart kind of thing and then uh, Ezekiel broke Carol's heart, so uh, so it separated the two of them out completely. But just having that moment of acknowledgement, and and also Daryl realizing that he's got cancer uh, as well at the yeah. same time, you know, I think it I think it added a, a good emotional weight to the conversation that they had. You know, just getting respect from the leader, I suppose. Um, yeah, to Ezekiel and saying you're a friend of mine now and and you're part of our group it just is a, a really good moment. Oh, and also as you're talking about it, you know how. Um Daryl might have been judgmental about Ezekiel for breaking Carol's heart. Mm-hmm. The, the, this dynamic plays out among people in real life too, where oh, yeah. now that Daryl is kind of Carol's a bit on the outs with him, then he might mm-hmm. be more inclined to be more friendly with Ezekiel. True. <laughs> true. <laughs> so yeah, true. then there's uh, Judith and Daryl about, she wants to fight. And then, you know, they both admit they're scared that they might lose loved ones and mm-hmm. all that. I mean, Judith is great. So I like, any scenes with her but by this point i was like can we get to the fight um but <laughs> oh no I, that, that was that was one of the, another one of the most that beautiful one of the scenes best, in the yeah. show i thought i think it's probably one of daryl's best scenes since he took over as lead on the show let's let's uh, put it that way um i think just seeing him emote in a real sense with someone that he really cares about he's always cared about judith right back from when she was just the last kicker you know so yeah uh, so right, having a yeah. having a moment with her where he's smiling because she gives him the gift of his other angel wing, which is uh, obviously a nice, uh, a nice motif for uh, for him yeah. being the leader. Um, but just having having that moment where he's showing that you can be vulnerable and strong um, to this kid who's mm. grown up and just been strong, and everybody treats her like an adult, and she acts amazingly in every situation she's put in, and just to say to her, "Look, I'm kind of scared, and if if I if you were scared, what would you be scared about?" I think it's a lovely way to allow her to kind of release all yeah. the things that she's scared about. I, think uh, really I love inspiring. now that you brought it that way about being vulnerable yet strong and showing her that that makes me love mm-hmm. it. <laughs> there you go. There you yeah, go. <laughs> Cause I, I totally agree with that. And, uh, I also, That's why I podcast, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> I also <laughs> noticed that Daryl, you know, was emoting and he smiled at her and there he, you go. he looked like a different person when he smiles and it just makes me, you know, remember or realize wow we're really not used to him smiling because that was probably like the third time he smiled in the 10 (laughs) seasons of the show (laughs) (laughs) absolutely (laughs) okay number two i guess number two oh um i i I like this one just uh just eugene and rosita um Mm -hmm. 
I think I think it kind of uh, the second time watching it, I liked it more because um, just hearing Eugene refer to Rosita as his BFF of all time, <laughs> um, and then kind of uh, seeing the scene again where Rosita is sitting in front of him trying to get all the details out of this uh, out of the the caller uh, Stephanie, uh, who's been talking to you know having his phone dates with, uh, <laughs> and I just really liked the scene because I the first time I saw it, I was kind of going, "What is Rosita doing?" why is she trying to make Eugene kiss her? You know, this is really off for the character. But obviously she knows that Eugene would not kiss her at all because he's found someone new. He's found someone yeah. for himself. And I just think it's really lovely, playful, uh, playful moment with, between the two of them. Yeah, I mean, I think she's, yeah, she's trying to bring it home to him how much he how cares much? about Stephanie exactly. so that he'll get off his butt and go try to get her back even though he thinks it's a lost cause. But I think it would have been mm-hmm. really funny if Eugene would have been like, yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Rosie <Finally>. like, <laughs> I've been waiting years for yeah. this. <laughs> and I also wonder, I, I don't think so the way Christian Serratos played it, but um the way that she sort of seems um to be going back and forth on Eugene a little bit this season, I, I wondered mm. if Rosita might have been just a little bit disappointed that he didn't go for it. You think? Um, I, I mean yeah. she didn't play it that way, so I don't think no. so. No, I, I think I think um, the the scene uh, last week um, where she where she left uh, Alexandria to come here and, and leave her child in, in the safety uh, safety back there. I think she's just coming to visit her friend. Um, yeah. I think she's massively disappointed when uh, when he doesn't want anything to do with her when she arrives. Uh, if that if that makes sense, when yeah. she kind of kind of pushes her out of the room and, and gets rid of her, doesn't uh, seem to care that she's wounded. Exactly. But then suddenly realizes, oh, okay, well, this is because he's finally got something going on of his own, you know, uh, yeah. it's been a, been a very long time for Eugene. <laughs> and hopefully <laughs> this will get him over the obsession with, uh, with Rosita. But, this uh, is the first time we've seen, isn't it? Yeah, yeah I think so. I think, I think so. Yeah. There, there was a, a, an obsession uh, as well, I think, or there was, I'm sorry, no, it wasn't that it was, uh, it was uh, up at Negan's camp. Um, there was a, a, one of the, one of Negan's gang who was uh, being, who was, who was going with uh, with uh, Eugene as well? I think he was kind of obsessed with somebody else up there, but um, but we've never seen a relationship definitely yeah. with uh, with him and anybody else. So um, so that's that, that, it's nice, and you know it's it's it is something from the comic book. So it's a nice it's nice to have uh, to have this um, this relationship going on uh, that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. That'll be my number two two, and mm-hmm. I think Eugene and Stephanie's love story is sweet, but more and more his dialogue just kills me like oh, really? he says as promised i've not spilled the beans on our audio rendezvous to anyone but well said satellite provided the kick in the deuce bucket required to tickle your eardrums with this radio in the first place i just can't help but believe that this is a celestially ordained meet and greet i mean mm. if I, I would f- think that anybody who fell in love with that over the radio is is crazy <laughs> <laughs> like maybe they're kinky or something i don't know Maybe, <laughs> maybe. Uh, I, yeah, I, I suppose it's it's someone uh, like the character of Eugene. There's 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 something about uh, he, about how he speaks that you either like love it or hate it, really. And I know yeah. that you're you're on the side of hating it now. It's funny um, sometimes, but the reason why I don't like it is because it doesn't sound like a real person to me, and so okay. it takes me out of the story. And I, I, and I know a lot of listeners disagree, and I totally respect <laughs> that. But I just don't want to <laughs> pretend to like it when I don't. And I think it's a shame because I think Josh McDermott is actually really good and he's, he's subtle and 
he can be mm-hmm. tender at times and he's just a good actor. So when he's got these words coming out of his mouth to me, it's just like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> it would be so weird though, if they changed it now, I they know, started to I rise him so. like it's every other character. Worse, though, I feel like. <laughs> Um, <laughs> like I like I like the interaction you know the opening of the opening scene of the episode with him where he's basically uh, telling her there's a song that he wanted to play for her and can't find it. Uh, the, so the entire record collection is a total waste of time uh, since he can't find this one song for her, and she's kind of saying, "Well, just sing it to me," you know. Yeah. And so I mean, like, his habits I like, and mm-hmm. like making all these charts about changing diapers and stuff, and yeah. then um, uh, Avinash. Uh, Sadiq then later on goes, you know, those are actually spot on. (laughs) (laughs) So I I think that's cool. It's just his verbiage. But Uh anyway, um, yeah, when Rosita heard Stephanie on the radio Mm -hmm. and said hello and Eugene got all bent out of shape, it felt a little bit like manufactured drama there because she says she trusted me to keep our chats a secret and you just made me break my promise. And I'm like, well, you kind of just broke it by saying that you could have just said, Hey, this is none of your business. Or... Exactly. It's just, <laughs> but, it's somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. But the show needed Rosita to find out. Yeah. But, but doesn't, doesn't Rosita even ask is someone on ocean side? Right. He could have just said yes. So <laughs> yeah, I guess he didn't want to lie. It was BFF. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then I like that Rosita is showing like she's trying to help him out and she's like I can't believe you don't have game after knowing me for so long mm-hmm. and and that was a nice side of Rosita to see because we don't get to see that kind of warm tender side of her very often yes so exactly. that was cool yeah. and then you know what I really loved about Eugene though in this episode was when he started singing mm-hmm. uh, it was moving I was moved by it and I, I liked it so much that I, I pulled a clip so I'm going to play a little bit of it here we go have you heard what they said on the news today? Have you heard what is coming to us all? That the world as we know it will be coming to an end. Have you heard? Have you heard? I just like that. <laughs> it's lovely, isn't it? It's, it's really, really nice. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Iron Maiden song, is that right? I guess so, yeah. I don't know if I've ever heard that, but it makes sense for some reason that Eugene would like Iron Maiden. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. Still got the mullet and all. Right, exactly. <laughs> and then during, while he's singing, you see Earl passing the baby to Alden and they're mm-hmm. getting ready. Rosie just practicing with her weapon and Liz, uh, Ezekiel gives something to Lydia and says that was Henry's. So just it's- these tender moments. Yeah, it's, nice. uh, it's Henry's Henry's bulletproof vest, the one that he always used to wear oh. when he was when he was training. So the one that uh, when Carol came into the room and saw Ezekiel looking into the the Footlocker that has uh, that had um, Henry's uh, vest in it, the, uh, the bulletproof. I vest. didn't so, even notice that. Yeah, I'm glad. Yeah, yeah. you're great at noticing these little details. That's cool. <laughs> that's all I noticed. That's, that's, uh, <laughs> that's again <great>. podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> so um, last thing about this is. Eugene offers Stephanie from the radio this meet and greet where he'll go to a place that she picks out and she can look from a distance and see if she wants to go through with it. I'm not sure what she's supposed to be looking for. Mm. Um, oh, he's not good looking enough. I don't know. <laughs> Probably just <laughs> see to, if he's trustworthy from a distance. Yeah, that yeah, he's just it. showing up a single person yeah. maybe. I don't know. Um, yeah. But then she says, don't tell your people yet. Let me ask mine first. And it's like, mm. wow, she's got all the cards. She picks the place. She He's coming alone. She says, don't tell your people yet. I would imagine that at least some people watching this are wondering if he's falling into a trap here. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think I think so. And it's it's one of those ones. And they use this as a, a plot in season two of uh, of Fear the Walking Dead. Um, right. The the radio that calls out people to to be attacked effectively. So so definitely watching this, you're you. I, I think a lot of people will be wondering whether Eugene is has he ever has he learned anything from these <laughs> fifteen years in the right. apocalypse? He hasn't. He hasn't met this person. He has no idea what's what's going on with her. But. Um, and, 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 you know, it's, it's a little bit, um, uh, a little bit, uh, cut in the show, I suppose as well. Um, this relationship with Stephanie, you know, he's been, he's been talking to her for months, uh, or, or weeks, sorry, weeks, uh, in the show, but is it coming across that they've talked enough for him to trust her that much? Mm-hmm. Um, he's obviously I, I like goo goo eyed about her. So that might definitely change his judgment. Yeah, definitely. Um, but you know, again, this is this is a person that that ran off and joined uh, and joined Negan's group. So uh, right. he's obviously up for anything. So. <laughs> That's right. Oh, I, I can't find my note, but she ended up saying she was from Charleston, West Virginia. West Virginia. Yep. And That's right. I think it was Charleston, and he's I guess from Alexandria, Virginia. So I looked mm-hmm. on the map, and those are three hundred and twenty-five miles apart. So if that's right, that's how far apart they are. Okay, that's not too bad. That's not too bad. Yeah, they can a couple of days. They have a week. He has a week to get there, right? So, right. Even, yeah, even by foot, he could get there in a week. <laughs> According to Google Maps, it's six hours by car, but that's no zombies in the way. Yes, exactly, exactly. No blocked roads. All right. What's your number one? Well, I, I know normally what we do is the other way around where we save the, the big point for first, but a uh, big point for last, the yeah. attack on Health Cop, really, right? <laughs> um, you mentioned already that uh, that you were thinking of, a, of uh, a couple of episodes of Game of Thrones watching this episode, and yeah, this just absolutely, from the pre-planning at the beginning where we have uh, where we have Luke and, um, and the rest of the team there um, setting up the the traps for everything that's going to happen I, I really like this because it's it's something that game of thrones used to do all the time they'd show the traps being built but mm-hmm. not tell the audience what they actually were until they were sprung uh, later on in the episode which is what's happening here so they're setting up the electrical uh the electrical wires to take out some of the walkers um for later on uh, and just this great moment i think of of the rats uh leaving the forest as the the horde starts to come i think it's just mm-hmm. fab they're really really good and you see the the whispers gathering sap in their like sap sacks from the trees yes. too so it's a great framing device yeah, I heard. I heard a couple of people think that that was just them doing their, you know, like like gathering honey from from their beehives. <laughs> this is just their what they do every day, you know. Um, but yeah, I, lo- I love the setup of the two two different armies. I think it's I think it's really really good. Um, but um, but then it, you know, obviously it builds and builds and builds towards towards this final moment as we see uh, everybody laid out like a phalanx, the the Roman centurions uh, mm-hmm. waiting for this attack. This is this calls back to the first episode of of season ten, yeah, uh, where we had Aaron training them all as an army um, to do these types of maneuvers, and now they're in the situation where they're going to use them in battle. I just think I love that call back to the start of the season. Yeah. You know, and that, Earl, that I think, even says this. this is what we've been training for. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It, just, it feels like a really medieval battle. You know, like the <laughs> the, the episode's called Morningstar, isn't it? Which is the weapon that. Daryl's using uh, the the uh, the kind of big club that he's swinging over his head. Yeah. Uh, in this episode, so uh, so they're they're definitely aware of what they're doing. Hey, look! If Game of Thrones is off the air now, why not why not let uh, let the big the other biggest show on television uh, <laughs> use <laughs> use these uh, these scenes because uh, I mean, it's always good. I gotta say, this was great, and it was my favorite part of the episode, and I really mm-hmm. dug it. But if you want to see some kick ass epic battles, watch Game of Thrones. 
Absolutely. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, HBO has a much bigger budget yeah. than AMC does. Yeah. Without a doubt. There was, like, that was, the one thing I would call out about this episode, and I loved the opening of the episode where we had all of the whispers chanting, uh, we are the end of the world, we Loved take it. them all. I think it was yeah. absolutely fantastic. But the only thing is just raise that camera up a little bit and show the horde again. Yeah, they've done it. They've done it once in the show before, twice in the show this season, showing the massive horde that's coming for the hilltop. But I just felt that the group that's there looked much smaller than it needed to be yeah. to show the fear that's in hilltop. Well, I wonder about that as you're saying it. I think you're probably right. I mean, one thing I liked about the battle itself is that there was this ebb and flow where it looked like, okay, they're um, cutting off the first, the heads of a few Zeds. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh, okay, that's cool. Maybe they'll be okay. And then the whole electric thing shorts out. Ah, it's not going to be so easy. And then uh, all of a sudden, Oh, like a thousand more Zed shamble out. So maybe they wanted mm -hmm. to save that awe-inspiring moment for the battle itself. You know, maybe, yeah, maybe. I think, yeah, it's 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 supposed to be the overwhelming overwhelming odds uh, against this crew. So, uh, so yeah, like I do like that when when you go, oh, that's a really interesting idea that they, as the as the electricity sparks and takes off the head of a head of a Zed, <laughs> yeah. like that's really good. And then another one is is killed, and then yeah, the whole thing just falls apart. You know, you're right. kind of going, okay, well it's maybe much if you a had bus. a power station, you know, <laughs> but that might have helped with not a couple of not a couple of car batteries powering this right. thing. It was a nice idea, but uh, but yeah, it didn't last long enough before. Unfortunately, um, but still, like it's just great seeing each of this this crew get their own moment within the battle as well. Everybody is so overpowered, I suppose you'd call them. Now they've all lasted so long that a, a fight against against zombies is not difficult for them as such. It's just mm -hmm. the sheer volume of these zombies is what makes this battle different to all the other battles they've had yeah. in the past. You know? Yeah, this scene reminded me a little bit of the season two finale where all the zombies stormed Herschel's farm just because there were so many of them and they were coming out of the darkness towards mm -hmm. a settlement. But the big difference is our people are so much more well prepared for that kind of thing. And if it had just been zombies and no like flammable sap balls flung at them, they probably mm -hmm. would have been able to handle it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And on behalf of my Celtic friend, Lucy, I will definitely call out that Luke looks badass with his uh, with his look in this battle, uh, with his hair tied back. Um, he looks great. <laughs> so I'm sure <laughs> Luke should have pointed that out. Yeah. <laughs> cool. um, anything else on, on the attack? Uh, uh, yeah, I like that they were all using their um, weapons, the mm -hmm. Morning Star and, you know, like Kelly with her slingshot and everything. And uh, mm -hmm. I like that. Uh, like I said, it has this back and forth because when they first started stabbing all the Zeds and they were kind of backed up against that fence, it looked like maybe they could handle it. But then the fence starts to fall and you're like, oh, no. And then Beta directs the Whispers, which was a cool scene to shoot cool. those sap balls from the slingshots. And it gets all over them and Cooper's like, it smells like a Christmas tree. And mm -hmm. then the flaming <laughs> arrows come. And I think one person lit up. Yes, and, and uh, one of the listeners said it's true that some tree sap is really flammable. So, pine resin. Okay, there you go. There and, you go. Pine resin is, uh, is is can be used exactly like this. Uh, there you go. And then <laughs> um, I think it's Aaron shouts, "Fall back!" And they run towards, or maybe it's Daryl. They run towards hilltop, and then the wall outside hilltop gets lit on fire, and they're stuck mm -hmm. between this wall of fire and these approaching Zeds on the other side. 
And that's the end of the episode. And I was like, ooh, yeah. it looks like they're fucked. Like, what's Negan going to do? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, like, there, there is a, an interesting moment, as you say, with the, with the fallback moment where you've got the people with the, uh, with the shields blocking off the walkers. Um, and you're kind of wondering, there's so many walkers on top of those shields that when they're, when they're being asked to fall back, well, they're stemming the tide of walkers here. So if they move at all these walkers get into the area that you're in. So, mm -hmm. uh, so it's an interesting, it's an interesting dynamic. And yeah, seeing, uh, seeing just everything explode in flame in front of them. The first time I saw it again, I, I just thought there were fire arrows that were being shot. Um, but this highly flammable pine resin is what's causing the massive yeah. explosions that, that's yeah. all around them. So, uh, but I was kind of wondering why the arrows were, were causing so much damage, but it does make lots of sense. Um, yeah. I mean, I thought yeah. it was gasoline before I had a chance to really think about it and realize what they were yeah. doing. Yeah. Um, but, uh yeah that the where the episode ended was right when i like my anxiety was raised for a second like oh, what are they gonna do and then you see the credits like oh <laughs> damn us <laughs> tune in next week yeah. <laughs> yes yes we haven't we haven't seen an episode like that to end that way uh, in a while yeah which, uh, I thought it was really great good. Yeah. it makes you want to see the next one and then exactly. um i last that was actually my number one too and the last thing i'll mention on it is that it, it occurs to me that Lydia kind of triggered all of this because her rejecting Alpha once and for all, I think, is what turned Alpha to full nihilist. Like, let's just kill them all and bring them into my horde. <laughs> um, or you could put it that Lydia being with the Alexandrians had held it off up until now. You're thinking like Lydia now. You're thinking like it's her that's to blame. This is Alpha that, <laughs> that, that, that has realized she has the power now, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think the reason why she hasn't attacked before is because she still had hopes of bringing Lydia back into the fold. So yeah. I'm not saying it's Lydia's fault, but I'm just saying I think that's why I, uh, Alpha hadn't. And so it was going to come to this um, one way or another, no matter mm -hmm. what. I mean, yeah. even if Lydia had gone back in, I think um, Alpha probably would have just then taken every you know done the same thing yeah probably probably um i think she just wants to increase the size of her horrors yeah what a, a, a you mentioned the the line earlier on but it, it's it is that terrifying idea that it you know just like soaking everything into this horde that she has available to her as her primary goal it, it just it's a shocking kind of uh motivation for the for the villain in the show i think it's really yeah good. she's a nihilist mm -hmm. yes she is <laughs> what about notes um, one I really liked in the episode, I, I felt massively sorry for Kelly to have her uh, her just her um, her catapult as her only weapon. But I loved the touch of her checking the ground for vibrations um, before the the walkers attacked. I thought that was such an interesting touch mm -hmm. for the character. Uh, what a what a great idea just to just to give her a little extra moment before the before the battle starts. That was really good. Right, because as someone who's hard of hearing, she might be more sensitive to vibrations. Yes, yes, absolutely. But I, I kind of like that she would be the first to know how big this group that, right. that's coming is coming. Yeah, yeah. Um, what else did I have? I had um, yeah. Who was Judith calling in the run up to the attack? Um, she said something like she Dato. said a name. Yeah, and I I wasn't sure. Maybe it was I was. Uh, this is just me trying to figure it out. But I thought maybe mm -hmm. it was a nickname for Michonne. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I don't that know. Could be. And it was Dito. I think was the name D I I. T.O. is what came up in the subtitles, so it made no me idea. completely confused. But it would make a lot of sense if it was Michonne, you know, like, yeah. um, she says that that's the one person she's most worried about because she doesn't have, she's not in her vision, I suppose. So, um, so yeah, it would make sense if they had some kind of call sign for each other, maybe. Mm -hmm. yeah, but, uh, yeah. You'd think we would have heard about that before, though. <laughs> maybe some of the listeners would. know. 
It just all of a sudden made absolutely no sense when you have a character <laughs> yeah. calling out a name that you've never heard before. It's like, does she know somebody else? Is that her right. nickname for Negan, maybe? She has this whole other <laughs> life that they haven't shown. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> all right, yourself. Uh, let's see. Uh, now we know why we didn't see everyone in Alexandria last week that came from the cave because they mentioned that Jerry and Kelly showed up at Hilltop. Yes. And Carol went to one of Daryl's camps. So that's why we only saw Aaron. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was, it, it was one of those uh, really awkward moments when he arrives back and goes, not everybody made it and just continues walking yeah. away from everybody. You go and just tell people who didn't make it. <laughs> who is it? Uh, so, and so then, people really uh, need to know that. It's interesting that RJ is wearing Rick's hat now. I don't know why Judith isn't. I guess maybe she's, maybe it makes her look too much like a little kid or something. Oh, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I didn't, I didn't even notice that. Gosh, yeah. you're right. Or, or else in the preparation for war, maybe it's something to yeah. to help RJ feel a bit more uh, okay about it. Yeah. You know, it's something, it's something that, that that's exactly why Rick gave the hat to Carl in the first place was to make him feel more, uh, more secure. Um, mm hmm you know, more like the man of the house. So maybe it was something like that, but yeah, interesting. I guess that's about all I got. Yeah. So it's good. I well, don't think I have any other notes. I mean, I, I did just want to note that Kelly was upset that Daryl didn't bring back Connie and Magna, but I guess they had to come back early because they knew the whispers were coming. Right. Well, yeah. Yeah. So, and he was very badly damaged after the last time. I thought, I thought he kind of recovered quite quickly considering how badly off he was. I think yeah, episode, wasn't he about so. to die like a day ago? Yeah, Alpha yeah. two. Yes, absolutely. Both of them seem pretty oh, well, well. Uh, <laughs> pretty okay. <laughs> All right, that's good. Let's take a little break. There's more to come. Stay with us. Have you heard what they said on the news today? Have you heard what is coming to us all? That the world as we know it will be coming to an end. Have you heard? Have you heard? Obvious threat to untold numbers of citizens. The people he kills get up and kill. Are they slow moving, Chief? Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. This is a Walking Deadcast news update. So, comicbook.com reports that Jeffrey Dean Morgan doesn't like makeup or anything on his face, so he was not excited about getting a whisper mask this episode. But I guess to make it a little more bearable, he requested that Nick Otero cut a smile into the mask's dead lips. And nice. He, he called the look very Negan, so he made it, he wanted it to look like the Joker or something. I like it. I like it. <laughs> yeah, that was cool. Um, Huffington Post had an interview with the director of this episode, Michael Satrazimus, and just the one thing I thought was interesting was he talked about Judith giving Daryl the jacket with the new wing. He says that was something special, and that was something that Kaylee, Kaylee Fleming, did on her own. We had her draw okay. it and design it and decorate it because I just thought it was cool to come from her. And she talked to Norman, and they had conversations about doing it. That's truly her. Oh, that's so cute. Right? That's <laughs> so, so neat. cool. I bet she was Absolutely. happy to do that. Oh, definitely. Definitely. That's really cute. What a great way to bond the two of them together as well. I know. And then AMC talked with Carrie Payton, who play I mean, Kari Payton, who plays Ezekiel. They said, what did you make of Ezekiel's reconnection with Carol and the moment they shared? Does it further shift his outlook on where he is right now? He says, I think it was really good for him, for him to laugh a little bit at the absurdity of the situation. I mean, here he is in the middle of a zombie apocalypse where you can die at any minute and he's got cancer on top of it. It's like, who gives a shit? 
You can get bit on the ankle and be dead tomorrow. He's also about to face an army of walkers and whispers. What demise would you rather have? It's a choose your own adventure. Is one worse than the other? It's hard to say. With it being revealed to Carol, I think she handled it in a way that is really unexpected. It's like, we're here together. We can die tomorrow. So who cares? Enjoy the moment. That's something we all need to remember at the end of the day. That's the walking dead in a nutshell. You got to enjoy the moment and keep swinging that sledgehammer until they say stop. <laughs> nice, nice. <That> was nice. <laughs> yes, I like. I like that. That feels like a little bit of the uh, the uh, the Rick idea of we gotta live. Uh, yeah, there's no point. In, there's no point in, in just fighting uh, like that. Yeah, and it feels very Kari Payton too. He's, mm-hmm. He seems like the kind of guy that wants to get the most out of life. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay, now it's time for listener moans, groans, and grunts. Uh- <laughs> First up, Barbie Peterson Allen says, Excellent episode. I love that so many of the characters got to have meaningful and potentially final interactions. They're going into this battle with no illusions. Some of them won't make it. I just hate that Michonne isn't there with or without WMDs. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe next week. Yes, absolutely. She's coming back. Definitely. (laughs) Amelie Rochette says what an episode it made me cry a bunch of times i loved all the touching moments between the different duos judith and daryl carol and lydia ezekiel and daryl and mostly carol and ezekiel it's Mm. funny i never really paired them together before but i was so happy to see them reunited this episode they both really need each other right now I was also convinced until now that Negan was just infiltrating the whispers and now I'm completely confused. I'm not sure what to think. Perhaps the road blockade was Negan's way of letting the person who let him out know that he managed to infiltrate the whispers. Anyway, the show's doing a great job of keeping the mystery. Can't wait for next week's episode. I mean, I'm there too. As much as Derek and I've been saying, we we think Negan's got an ace up his sleeve. I I'm still like, well, there's flaming arrows coming at our people right now. So mm-hmm. what you gonna do? <laughs> Maybe he knows the people that he really cares about aren't on the front lines. <laughs> yeah. so. He's okay if Daryl goes, you know. <laughs> Save Judith. Exactly, exactly. She'll be indoors. She'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, Seth Tillman says, another excellent episode. I really enjoyed how they spent time showing what everyone was fighting for. Loved how Daryl and Carol both had a Glenn moment. Also, did you, did you guys notice Lydia's hearth with H and L in it? So sweet. 4.75 Walker zappers out of five. No, I didn't notice that. Yeah, it was really nice. That was um, just before Carol walked up, uh, what Lydia was leaning against on the wall. They they had the H&L and a heart, and that's what she was rubbing um, as Mm. Carol came up. So really sweet little moment. Yeah. Fran Bernstein says, I love this episode. All the character interactions were great, made me laugh and cry. I may be in the minority here, but I love the Negan Alpha connection. Where I once hated seeing Negan, I now love it. And I believe he is not on Alpha's side. He wanted to save the people of Hilltop and make them join the Whispers. He's definitely undercover under that mask, which, by the way, is fantastic. Favorite <laughs> episode this season. Go on, Fran. I don't. I don't think you're in the minority to say that you don't like the, that. You do like the Negan and Alpha connection. I just don't think anybody wanted to see it on screen. <laughs> that was all. Well, they didn't show the whole thing. That's true. <laughs> I could take an extra half hour, um, <laughs> <laughs> or at least five minutes. Exactly. <laughs> Amber McElroy says, what a fantastic episode from top to bottom. I love when the mixing, mixing character development and a heaping dose of intense drama. I thought the front half of the episode was gut-wrenching. You really feel for the group and the struggles they're up against. Really eager to see how this battle shakes out next week. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Cherokee Rose Marston says, this season gets better and better for me. The tender moments with our characters were so nicely contrasted to the awful and creepy things the whispers were up to. I really liked how candid Lydia and Carol's porch conversation was me too. And how sweet Mm -hmm. Daryl was with little ass kicker. I love the montage of everyone preparing for battle. And I felt a sense of pride as everyone was lining up with Ezekiel and Jerry side by side again. Mm -hmm. The music was great too. Of course, I want to rewatch it to pay closer attention to the music. Very impressive episode. Next week is going to be insane. Hashtag no survivor deaths. Hashtag whispers only. (laughs) P.S. Love the podcast guys. Thank you, Jason and Lucy. PPS 10 years. Wow. She has a little mind blown emoji there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 10 years of the walking dead cast, Jason. Amazing. Yay. <laughs> it's time to quit. <laughs> just kidding, just Don't kidding. no quitting, no quitting <laughs> ever. No survivor deaths and no quitting ever. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Darwin says wonderful episodes. Sometimes the character moments on this show feel contrived, but they rang true tonight. The battle itself was terrific and left a great cliffhanger. I know they're getting out of this, but I'll be damned if I know how. <laughs> I'm definitely there with you. Michael. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And Michael, um, he's he can be critical sometimes. He's very honest about his criticism, as I try to be. Mm-hmm. So. It's interesting to see he really liked this one. He must have really liked it. Maria Lawson says, yes, The Walking Dead. That's how we do it. So much great dialogue, but it never felt slow. Just back to the basics of what made this show great in the beginning. Next week looks to be full of action and probably some significant losses for our guys. I'm just really hoping Negan keeps his comic arc this season. Mm, Keeping stum on that one. (laughs) Until we get to comic talk, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Thomas Amar also says one of the best episodes in this entire series. The acting was absolutely incredible. Cassidy McClinchy was so phenomenal in this episode. I have it in my top five of all time. Wow, that's a quick jump into top five. He loved it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Emily Reeves says it reminded me of a mini version of the Battle of Winterfell. Also, I was disappointed in Negan. I had been hoping his allegiance to Alpha was not genuine and was surprised to see him take up arms against Hilltop. Yeah, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He's a good, good at convincing people, definitely. <laughs> Daphne Blackman says, I loved this episode and look forward to next week's. This might be out there, but you know that a Earl wanted them to make a stand, so I'm not sure that Negan blocked the roads. What if it was Earl? It probably was the Whispers and Negan, but I wanted to share a different theory. Also, pitch sap is a bitch to get out of <laughs> anything, especially hair. <laughs> She's got some experience w- with pitch slash sap. I'd say so. Definitely, <laughs> obviously, uh, I've tried that before. Um, I hope they're going to get uh, they're going to get out of their hair before that fire gets close to them, though. Yeah, as a father, I would say that I, as a father of a young child, I would say I doubt Earl had time. Maybe he had a babysitter. That's- there you go. <laughs> okay, we have a call this week. It's from Che from Massachusetts, who had called a couple of weeks ago, but I forgot to play it, so I'm going to play it now. Hi, Jason and Lucy. This is Che from North Central Massachusetts. I've been listening to the podcast since the beginning. I've called in a couple of times, um, but I've, I've recently expanded to some of the other podcasts or shows. I'm really enjoying Lock and Key right now. I did not realize, though, how much I missed The Walking Dead. Um, this episode this past week was really, really awesome. The claustrophobia. Um, yeah, that got to me. And I just love how the characters are true to themselves and they have arcs so much unlike Fear the Walking Dead. One thing I wanted to point out that I've been waiting and waiting for somebody else to say, but I haven't heard anybody say it yet. The character Virgil, who was introduced in the last episode of the last half season, 
Well, Virgil, I mean, that that's the name of a Roman poet who wrote the Aeneid, um, you know, the story of Aeneas going to Rome. But also, Virgil is a fictional character in the Inferno, where he leads the protagonist through the horrors of the underworld, which is interesting in and of itself. But, of course, that protagonist is an alter ego of the author, whose name is Dante. Just saying. <laughs> we'll see. All right. Love you guys. Bye. Virgil is the one that took that Michonne went with, yes. right? Yes. Ooh, scary. Yeah. He's leading her. I like hell. it, Shay. Good catch. Very <laughs> impressive. All right. That is it for feedback. Thank you guys, as usual, Absolutely. for all your great feedback. Yeah. Can I say a huge thanks on behalf of all the listeners of Walking Deadcast to everybody that takes the time to write into you guys? Uh, I hardly ever get the chance because I'm a little bit later getting the episode. So it's always great to hear the feedback of everybody else listening to the show it adds that kind of community to it as well so as a listener i really enjoy all the feedback good i'm so glad to hear that i mean that is to me a crucial part of what i like about podcasting is bringing other people Mm -hmm. in and making it more of a communal feel and giving you know having everybody take part in it so i'm glad to hear that that you like it (laughs) okay let's move on to comic talk now as usual this is spoilery if you haven't read the comics and also we'll talk about some things that happen in the comics that may happen in the show so even if you don't care about getting spoiled on the comics um this stuff might have a bearing on the future of the show too so if you don't want to hear anything like that you should just skip to the to the end uh so in the comics negan has killed alpha by this point he embraces her as if he's going to kiss her and then he cuts her head off and now they've already had sex together and he seems to be helping her in battle so what the hell (laughs) i know (laughs) but i I think i think it's a more a a bigger lulling of the character than uh than we saw in the comic books Mm -hmm. you know he kind of did that very quickly i think it was over the course of about two or three issues really is is how quickly negan takes her out uh it was massively shocking in the comic books but i just don't think he has had the opportunity to, I don't know, set his plan in motion. Like, he's been left alone with her uh, enough that he could have killed her before now, um, which is making me question whether he is going to be on our side and just die in the in the fight or not. Um, but mm-hmm. I think he needs a bigger escape plan if he's going to take her out. I think that's what, that's what I feel. I also wonder if it's in part... Uh because even though the 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 writers of the show know that there's only a small percentage of viewers who have read the comic they know that key moments from the comic have probably gotten yeah. out and people know about that whether they've read it or not yeah, so they're trying to keep us guessing yeah maybe. no that's true i think you it's know? one of those ones that always seems to happen you have uh, have comicbook.com the day after or the day an episode comes out going that little moment that was in the comic books here's a headline yeah, that, that spoils right. the comics for you so so even if you haven't read the comics right. they're telling you what they think is going to happen in the show just from that and uh, sometimes we do that in comic talk as well you know we we kind of guess what might be happening but um but yeah, I, I I definitely feel like it's coming. I, I definitely feel like it's Negan that's going to do it. But I, I don't know. Um, I think the reason why we had Daryl having the the battle with Alpha in the last episode, that big that big battle uh-huh. between the two of them, was so that fans of the Hilltop Gang also get to have that feeling that they've taken a bite out of Alpha before Negan goes to kill her. Um, before Negan is the one that gets the glory of killing the big bad, I suppose. Um, so I think that's uh, the way the way the show is handling it because if you don't want Negan to be redeemed, because a lot of people don't, a lot of people think he just needs to die for what he did, 
um, then if he had just done that without having a moment for our crew uh, in terms of Dwight, uh, sorry, in, ter- in terms of Daryl uh, getting an attack on her, I think I, I think it'll work out on the show that way. So yeah, I see. that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. So that Negan doesn't get to have all, have the, all the glory. Yes, yeah. but uh, I you know too. If you just saw the last few episodes and you hadn't seen the rest mm-hmm. of the series, you would just think, oh, yeah, Negan's on this woman's side. But <laughs> exactly. the way that Negan, irrespective of the comic, he's just, you're right, especially his relationship with Judith. Mm-hmm. It makes me think that it would be out of character for him to suddenly betray everyone. Yeah. 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 So it doesn't it feels like sense. it would come out of it. Absolutely. Yeah. It would feel like it would come out absolutely nowhere. And, yeah. and Negan's not the type of person that would enjoy just spending every day standing in the woods waiting <laughs> yeah. to do something like he had a palace to himself you know he had, he had a his his own harem he had a, he had everything yeah. but he's been in he jail wanted. for the so, last true. six seven years or something <laughs> maybe he just wants to stand outside and smell the fresh air yeah. or smell the uh, smell the dirty rotting corpses that he's surrounded by <laughs> one or the other right. <laughs> um and then the other thing is uh, i think think is interesting in the comic stephanie is from the commonwealth this huge biggest community ever in walking dead which is based in ohio in this episode Mm -hmm. they realize that they're close she's in west virginia so um that would be a kind of a big story difference but i think maybe it's just a logistics or a budget thing for the show but it could also be that they're going to throw us a curveball and have stephanie be a bad guy i doubt it but i kind of enjoy thinking that might be a possibility yeah, I, I, I hope I hope not. Um, but one of the things I suppose to, to highlight is that uh, with Stephanie being part of the Commonwealth, the, the whole Commonwealth storyline was only about um, issue 170, I think, somewhere around there. So it's only 20 issues from the end of the entire series is when we meet Stephanie for the first time. So we know The Walking Dead isn't going into Endgame, but would they be bringing us to Commonwealth at this point? Um, it. it it's probably the next story that they kind of have to do is, is, is where they're going. But, yeah. I mean, but it was whisper war and then Commonwealth, right? And then Commonwealth. Yeah. It's that, it's that close to the end of, of what they have available from material in the comic books, you know, um, they circled round and round the first couple of seasons of, of stories, but they've jumped quite a significant amount over the last couple of years to the point where we're getting close to the end of the material from the comics. Mm-hmm. But I suppose we only have what one character left from the comic books. Carol is the only character we still have left from the original comic series oh my god and carol you know died off early in the comic yeah yeah i didn't even think about that she's is she the only one magna magnus from the comics oh but not original yeah but not original not original comic from from uh, from the beginning so um so there's there's only one character there so they've they've done a lot of a lot of work in the story to keep it going and i'm sure they have some great ideas what they do when they get past commonwealth or what they how they'll finish up a commonwealth but commonwealth was the end of the story really Mm -hmm. for for the walking dead comics so uh it's intriguing that we could be that close to the end of this material yeah i mean the way the the comic ended and i that would be too spoilery to say it now yes. but i just think yeah. that even if the show did want to do an ending like that they could still have a lot of original material before that ending that's true you know that's true yeah so yeah, um i i mean uh, some listeners are sick of hearing me say this but i feel like the show um it would be great if they would wrap it up soon so they can really stick the landing while the storytelling is is still great but um i I'm also intrigued to see what they would do once they do get into new territory where they don't have the comic to rely on anymore. 
I'm more team five seasons in a movie. Five more seasons in a movie. Mm. Uh, it's, it's, <laughs> I, I'm I am happy that the show goes on as long as the the storytelling it's is as good. good as it is. Yeah, I mean, because um, I, I feel like we've gone past the point that everybody that doesn't want to watch the show has jumped off. Yeah, um, so, and none of these episodes should be making people jump off who've stayed with it. Um, so I think we have a good group, a good core group of fans now. I think it being good. <laughs> totally helps and makes a big difference yeah. for me that yeah i mean i'm happy to watch it you know i want to see yeah. it every week as soon as it comes out but then like i mentioned at the top of the show when people like cindy and karen and melissa aren't mm. watching anymore i'm like true i don't know i guess i'm more like wishing they would jump back on but i i do understand yeah. that even if a show is good it can you can have too much of a good thing for some people but i don't know absolutely i'm here absolutely. but i think we're, we're only what we're only, what, 148 episodes into the show? Remember, Supernatural had 22 episode seasons for 15 years, or 13 years, so uh, that's a much longer commitment than, uh, <laughs> than we've had to do for... And that's why <laughs> I'll never watch that show. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Too much. Go. Um, okay, you know... Oh, did you have anything else from the comic? Just just two little little uh, moments from the comic that were kind of replicated here. Uh, Dwight's the one that kind of uh, that puts on the Whisperer mask to join the uh, the Whisperer gang. Um, it's just a very similar scene in the comic books to uh, Negan putting on his mask uh, in in uh, in this uh, in this episode, I suppose. Um, but the attack on Hilltop. Um, and I just want to have a quick look at the initial attack on Hilltop. Yeah. Uh, it looks very similar to how the episode ends. There's a lot less of the planning from each of the sides because it's a, a surprise attack on Hilltop. Uh, but we do have the sky filled full of arrows uh, and all of Hilltop on fire mm. uh, by the end of uh, of their the original attack. So uh, I just like that they took inspiration definitely from the comics uh, to create this attack on, on, uh, on Hilltop. That's great. Um, I that yeah, was I was cool. wondering about that. Yeah. It's been a long time since yeah. I read it. Yeah, it's cool. had, to, had to go back through it today, so it's a cool, uh, cool one. Okay, awesome. Now, I want to do a little section we haven't really done formally before, but it's called Predictions, and mm. it's just because there are some big spoilers for things about characters that we know from the news over the last few months. So people who mm. know what I'm talking about know what I'm talking about, and you can feel free to listen. But if you don't know what I'm talking about then you, and you don't want to know, then you should definitely skip this section right now and just go to the end. So... There's the warning for people. Skip if you okay. don't want to hear it. So we know that um, Maggie's coming back, and we know that Michonne's going. I don't know if that's has anything to do with this, but do you think that Maggie or Michonne are going to swoop in here? Um, I kind, I you know, I'd love if both of them came back together, mm -hmm. um, so that at least we have the two two of my favorite characters on screen together one one final time but i think this might be where uh, michonne doesn't survive um i, I think I, I kind of feel like that's what they may do a, a really big moment at the end of the scene having all of our major characters together for for one final time yeah i mean she did go to get weapons and yeah. they would come in yeah. handy right now absolutely and and bringing and bringing uh bringing maggie back at the same time could be a great a great re-entrance to to the character right. as well um so that I, I I don't want to lose Michonne that way. I really want Michonne to go off to uh, to the island to find Rick um, and maybe come back in a movie later. So I don't want the character to be dead. But uh, but I, I think it's she's been with the show such a long time. Has been such a central part of the show, and um, she has so much other stuff going on there that I I don't know whether she wants to have the door open for her to come back mm -hmm. uh, if she leaves. And I'd love to have a big character moment for her to go. 
There you go. Yeah. I feel like that too. I, same thing. Yeah. I have reservations about either way and I think it could go either way. <laughs> go. Um, and I would feel bad for uh, Judith either way, whether Michonne mm-hmm. got killed or somehow left for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. Having lost her brother um, and her father and everybody. I know. Oh gosh, that's really sad. Thanks, thanks. <laughs> it's a depressing <laughs> show. So, what about? Uh, do you think anyone's going to die? Do you have any thoughts about that? Um, I, I think it's Ezekiel's time. Yeah. Um, to to go. Unfortunately, another character I absolutely love uh, on the show, but I I I feel like they're really laying the groundwork for him for him to be gone. Yeah. Um. Sadly, I think as you as you mentioned, there's lots of outside the outside the show news and some of the outside the show news with Carol and and Daryl, uh, both of those actors being confirmed for uh, as center leads on the show. I think they're they're safe. I always um, feel like from, they're safe. Yeah, and like what you know, yeah. before when we were talking about you know how the character the show isn't necessarily centered on any characters. I would say if there mm-hmm. are this season, it's those two. Yeah, yeah, uh, but I, I but I do think in the past they have moved around that focus a little bit to those characters you know and obviously that they have to have to do that as well but um i i I don't know there's there's moments in this episode where you felt that if if it was pure storytelling uh if they were focused on pure storytelling rather than um let's appease an audience that loves these characters that you would choose one of those two characters to to buy it in the next couple of weeks you choose either carol or daryl to to be the big end of season death um, they certainly would have in season one and two before we knew the characters, before we knew all the characters and fell in love with them, you know. Um, but that's what happens when the show goes on as long as as long as long a show like this does, that some characters are, are untouchable, mm-hmm. um, which I don't know, or, or well, are, are untouchable until they find a better job outside of the show, <laughs> <laughs> um, which which can be sad sometimes too. But yourself, any, Interestingly, uh, yeah, it feels like with Norman Reedus and Melissa McBride that both of them would want to stick it out until the end. I don't know if that's true, but I know Norman Reedus has said that. Yeah. So, yeah. so they're too, they're interesting because they're such big fan favorites and I feel like they're loyal to the show. I mean, yeah. I, that maybe in four years that might change or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but right just, now just I think they're keep safe. the checks coming and they'll be fine. <laughs> I would be shocked if either one of those two died. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. think it's Ezekiel, but we'll see. Like I said, the show's been kind of tricking us all season, so who knows? But mm-hmm. I do feel like there will be some deaths next week. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, let, let's see a couple of others to add to it. Uh, let's say I think we. I think uh, as Lucy's mentioned before a couple of times, uh, Luke sadly um, has a massive career outside of the show that he needs to get back to. Right. Um, I think he's he's likely to to go, and I think some of the other members of that team. Uh, won't reunite again. I think maybe, um, maybe Magnus gone, um, which creates another good dynamic when, uh, when those characters, the other characters return to the show, uh, in the future, if, if, uh, some of their team don't make it. So we never got to see Luke try to reconnect with Jules. Did we in Oceanside? No, we didn't. No, we, we, I think actually yourself and Lucy were talking about that, where you thought that that was the final farewell for Luke. Yeah. Because <laughs> he was, he was going off, but no, he just, we just saw him back at this, in this episode. Yeah, uh, I want to see that. For a long time. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. thought she was a whisper. Well, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
that is our show episode 388 thanks for listening everyone thanks for coming on derek hope you had a good time oh thanks so much for having me yeah i always always love being on it's been uh, it's been a while since the last time i was on we were talking to uh, charlie atlard um, oh yeah that's right in october he's so, great yeah but this, this is our first official episode together Jason, as well. been, <laughs> it's good i've now, been a listener for 10 years and this is the first time i've actually had i know with you directly, so. <laughs> i can't believe it's been that long but uh if you want you're welcome to come back on with me and lucy anytime you want excellent excellent cool. i have your phone number so i'll just dial in <laughs> next week at the same time <laughs> and uh you listeners like we said we love hearing from you so if you want to give us a call you can call us at 650-485-DEAD that's 650-485-3323 you can email us at brains at podcastica.com. You can find us on the web at facebook.com slash deadcast. And be sure to check out our other shows at podcastica.com. I'm gearing up for Westworld right now. I'm binging because that show is so hard to figure out what the hell's going on and I have to refresh myself. And uh, we're, <laughs> we're going to do a recap episode for the first couple of seasons. We're going to record that in a couple of days here. Oh, fantastic. I can't wait. I, I really loved season one of Westworld really liked season two <laughs> of Westworld and I've heard that season three is going to be going to be much closer to season one in tone and, and style as well but I need that recap it feels like yeah. two years since uh, since season two was on I know well yeah it has been two so years well, <laughs> or a year and a half <laughs> anyway um, there, yeah there was no Westworld in 2019 and then I'm still totally digging on Lock and Key which I'm covering with Rima over on Strange Indeed so th- that those mm. are the two other things I'm doing right now Westworld on Westworld cast coming up of course, my co-host on that show is David, who's Karen's husband, and he's fantastic. And then Rima yes, and I with Lock and Key, uh, uh, Rima and I on Lock and Key on Strange Indeed. What about you? What are you most excited about that you're pos- podcasting on right now? Oh, loads. We're right toward. Well, we're getting towards the end of uh, of our Star Trek Picard podcast. We've been doing each episode of that each week. Um, a strange one for us because we don't normally do uh, anything to do with Star Trek or any, any space dramas. They're they're much more comic book stuff that we've been doing in the past. But uh, but Star Trek Picard has been really really good. Um, it's it's uh, it's it's a return to form for the character, and it's just been building into this great show. There's only ten episodes in the season, and it feels like one of those shows that um, has a really good central idea of what. It wa- the story that it wanted to tell over the 10 episodes mm. so it's been it's been really fun we're I, just up uh, to episode I, 7 now I've been watching that too and I was oh, a huge man. Next Generation fan so it's awesome to see how much respect they've paid to what's come before in Star Trek and mm. also I just love watching Patrick Stewart he's so good so good on screen just <laughs> such a great actor really you know having him back having him back is great uh, and then the other thing we've been doing we're we're gearing up for our next big show which is uh, which is penny dreadful city of angels uh, which is coming out at the end of of april um penny dreadful is another one of the well there's not very many of these shows that that come out that are written by one writer john logan is the guy behind penny dreadful it's a it's a victorian horror was the original show and uh, I haven't seen it in a couple of years, and we're basically going back through every single episode and uh, and reviewing each episode of uh, of the first three seasons of that, getting prepared for uh, for Penny Dreadful City of Angels uh, coming out uh, in April. So that's been really exciting. <laughs> that's <laughs> lots. That's a show I've been curious about, but never got into. So I should check it out sometime. It's it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. The uh, the, the first that. three seasons have have been so good. Like it's uh, again having one person write uh, every episode of, of a TV show is is a, a real treat if they've got a good vision. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> if, like Noah Hawley is one of my favorites, and he wrote a ton of Fargo and Legion episodes. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Where can people find all that stuff? 
You can find everything we do over on tvpodcastindustries.com or just search TV Podcast Industries on any good or villainous podcast catcher <laughs> and you'll catch us. Like it. And the next episode of this podcast is Walking Dead Season 10, Episode 12, Walk With Us, which sounds like they want us to join the Whisperers. It does. It does. All right. That is our show. Thanks for listening. Don't, Don't get, get bit, bit, Cherokee, Cherokee Rose, Rose Marsden. Have you heard what they said on the news today? Have you heard what is coming to us all? That the world as we know it will be coming to an end. Have you heard? Have you heard? He sees them in the distance when the darkened clouds roll. He could feel tension in the atmosphere He would look in the mirror, see an old man now It was Henry's Doesn't matter, they survived somehow They said there's nothing can be done about the situation Daito? Come in, Daito they said there's nothing you can do at all To sit and wait around for something to occur Did you know? Did you know?